Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast powered by the Cant Repository and Maslin Independent. I'm Cliff Hickman and we have Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent and Mike Popovich from the Repository today. We've got both the uh, phone lines working. Both these gentlemen are outside the office and and doing some work today, but we wanted to uh, talk some football and it's a big week. We're going to start off with uh, Chris first. Well, what can you say about Maslin McKinley week? I know you threw out the stat that this is the earliest this game has been in well over 100 years. Uh, is it surreal to have reached this point? It really is. I, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's September, what, the uh, 29th, 30th? Uh, I've lost track of dates, but uh, it, it doesn't feel like it should be, uh, you know, the Tuesday of, uh, of Maslin McKinley week. Uh, but, uh, you know, here we are, and, you know, with everything, you know, with all the COVID protocols and, and restrictions, you know, it's sort of taken some of the pomp and circumstance out of the, the week in terms of the two communities. And there are so many events that surround this game that, you know, coaches speaking at luncheons, you know, prayer breakfasts and pep rallies and parades and all of that, that that's sort of been, uh, they've been, uh, eliminated for for at least this year due to those those restrictions. So it's sort of added a certain surrealness to the week because it's not uh, it's not the usual hoopla and, and all that. But you know, and, and even on, on Saturday after game, you know, walking in that stadium and you know, it's going to be at you know basically ten percent of its capacity, which. For that game, you know, it's always, especially when it's a national, it's always full house, you know, loud and, and, and you know, into the game. But, uh, you know, so, so just add another layer of surrealness to it all. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, it's still National McKinley Week, or if you live on the East in Canton, the McKinley National Week, and, and and it's still a big, big game, and, and and two really good football teams, and I think that you know, you know that that's where the you know the with some of the things not being there, it does allow for sort of a focus on you know the teams actually playing and and what they are uh, you know and their talents. Absolutely. I covered one Maslin-McKinley game at Maslin, and I remember it just having an atmosphere almost like a like a big college or NFL game as far as tailgating everywhere, barely being able to find a, a parking place across the street. It was, it was pretty crazy, so that's obviously going to be different, like you're saying, but uh, how, how are the teams matching up on the field? This looks like a great game on paper. Uh, you know, I think it is, you know, you know, I, I think it seems like every year, the last couple of years, there's been, you know, one kind of lingering thing hanging over the game, some sort of question that, or, or doubt. And, and you know, for, in this case, it's, you know, McKinley's bad like some injuries and some key injuries. Uh, you know, talking to uh, Marcus Watley, um, McKinley's head coach on, on Sunday. And I know uh, Josh Weir uh, also did uh, this past weekend, you know, he said seven starters were out for the Glen Oak game, you know, including, you know, Elijah Wesley, their absolutely talented quarterback, you know, Xavier Black, uh, you know, their top receiver, you know, Brian Pigney and Harold Fannin, they're, they're, they're two top safeties. Uh, 
you know, you're, you're talking about some really, really, you know, big name players for McKinley. Now, you know, Marcus said they were questionable for this game, but, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, I would bet that they would play. I don't know that for a fact. I'm not reporting that, but, you know, it just seems like whenever, you know, kids find a way to get on the field for this game because of the size of the game. And they're going to need that because especially that offense, you know, Maslin's defense, we talked a lot over the last couple of weeks, Maslin's defense is absolutely legit and absolutely, I think, the strength of, of Maslin's football team. And, you know, they showed it again against Ignatius. You know, they created a key a couple of key turnovers late, the one of which that helped them take the lead, you know, they they really made it difficult on uh, on Ignatius to move the football throughout the game. I mean, they're, look at their average, they're giving up about 147 total yards a game and less than 10 points a game. So, you know, that defense, you know, shows up and plays. And if Nashville gets them, if Nashville's offense, you know, can get anything, it, it, you know, going with, you know, whether it's Acutron throwing to, you know, there's eight talented receivers like Ballard and Wilson Lamp and, and Martavian Johnson, or, or you know Raquan Benson or Janaceus Tortis getting the ball running. You know, you know th- th- that could be trouble for McKinley. But you know, you know one one player is to look for who I do know is going to play for McKinley is Manny Powell on the you know on the defensive side of the ball for for uh, McKinley. And you want to talk about a, a young man, a junior who's just a is, is, I think is, is is a burgeoning superstar if he's not already there in terms of talents in this this area. That it's Manny Powell, just a, a tackling machine, just finds his way to the football. I know both coaches, the head coaches in this game, were were raving about him and and what he's what he does for McKinley. So you know, it's just going to be fascinating. You know, it, it, it's it's always a great game. It, it's always. It's always an intriguing game, uh, you know. It, 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 it's always it, it always delivers a certain curveball at some point in the game. So it's going to be interesting to see what curveball this year's game throws everybody. Yeah, those rivalry games like that are just so tricky to uh, to figure out because, like you said, even if a guy is hurt, they may decide to to come out and test it and see how it goes, and and then you have nerves. And what's the key to playing in one of these? Are the coaches stressing anything to the players this week? Um, you know, I think they, uh, the the thing they're stressing really is, you know, play your game. You know, the, uh, both, you know, for both teams. Most of these kids have gone through this before. Most of these kids know what it's about. You know, McKinley, you know, especially those kids, uh, you know, those starters that were out for going out, come back, you know, this week, they're in their second, uh, this will be their third game time playing in this game. Guys like Ballard and Wilson Lamp, you know, this is their third game time playing in the game. So I think a lot of the kids know what the game's about, but it's, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, it's, it really is the little things. It's really the, you know, you've got to, you know, win the field position battle. You you, you can't, you know, you, you can't miss extra points. You can't, you know, you have to take advantage. You know, all the coach speak you, you hear really holds true when it comes to this game like it does in every rivalry game. 
All right, Chris, is there anything else you'll be watching this weekend? You know, I'm kind of curious. Um, there's a couple of teams uh, that are, are 5-0 and in our area, uh, Perry and Northwest. And, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind of curious to see, you know, 5-0, and you, you know, the they're, they're probably both getting first round buys in the playoffs, so you know they'll kind of unless they fill it with a regular season game, you know they're, they're probably going to have a week off before they play again after this week, and they both finish the the quote unquote regular season with with teams with with lesser records. Uh, Perry against uh, a Glen Oak team that's zero uh, and five, I believe, and and and, and Northwest out at. Uh, a one and four Loudonville team, and it's you know the, both these teams have been really, really solid throughout the throughout the season. Both of them are coming off games, emotional games, emo- close games. Very on beating Jackson by one, fourteen thirteen. Northwest beating Fairland seventeen twelve. And, and you just wonder, you know, going to play a you know a team with a with a record like like Lenox and Loudonville to have. You know, getting back up emotionally after emotional games. You know, playing focus. You know, playing discipline. Point do again, doing the the little things that got you to five and zero, oh, so that you know you want to finish this this six game run. You know, you know, on, on an upswing, so that you know once you you know once you get into the playoffs, you can pick right back up and and, and you know have it, both those teams. I think have a, a real chance to make a deep run. It's just. You know, can they finish this this six game regular season on, on on a good note? Absolutely, they certainly have the talent to do it, and that'll be definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on. I'm sure the Friday Night Ohio dot com scoreboard will be working overtime, uh, so be sure to check that out this week. And Chris, uh, we'd love to thank you for joining us. We're going to bring you back in on Saturday after the game. I'm making the trip over to the studio, and uh, we're going to break everything down from the Maslin-McKinley game uh, after it's over and after you've written your story. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks for joining us, Chris, and we'll catch up with you soon. I know you're a busy man, so uh, we'll let you uh, get back to to working the phone lines there. All right. Thanks a lot, Well, Thanks for joining us. And now we're bringing in Mike Popovich. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today? I know you're getting ready for some Federal League golf here in a little bit, but you're taking a brief time out to talk some football. Oh well, it's 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 always good to talk football, and it's always good to spend the day out at the golf course. But happy to be here today. Yeah, it's uh, the golf course is somewhere I'm going to be at Thursday for the for the boys' federal league tournament. So we're both uh, we're both going to be getting a workout there. <laughs> well, we, well, I, I need to walk the course with some of these players. Uh, not worried about playing as well as they do, but uh, just to get the exercise. Oh, the the walking part—that's uh, the struggle for me. I I take one swing with the condition my back's in, I may not get up. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, Mike. So so, what are some of the games you're looking at this weekend? We know Chris talked about Maslin. He, he's keeping an eye on Northwest and, and Perry Glen Oak. Uh, what what are some of the games you're really honing in on? Well, yeah, it, we. 
like to look at the federal league. You know, he talked about uh, Perry and Glen Oak, and Perry with an opportunity to finish undefeated uh, in in federal league play, wrap up the uh, 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 league title outright. Uh, you know, a couple other games would be interesting to see. You know what happens with uh, Hoover and Jackson. Uh, Hoover, uh, after uh, back-to-back losses to, you know, arguably the two best teams in the league, Perry and McKinley, they've been able to come on with a two-game winning streak, and uh, it's it's been really interesting to see uh, how how well Drew Robinson has uh, run the football the past few weeks. He's uh, coming off back-to-back 200-yard games, and. Uh, Cliff, this is a guy who uh, who's already committed to uh, play lacrosse in college. He's a lacrosse player at Hoover, and uh, one of the better players. But uh, you wonder now, you know, after you know college football teams see this, you know, him having 200 yard games in back to back weeks, they might be thinking, hmm, let's take a look at this guy. So uh, that's always a good game with uh, Hoover and Jackson, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas and Central uh, playing. Uh, uh, for many years, this has been like a Thursday night week four game because uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, was in a league, so they're back to playing. Uh, well, it's not it's not technically the last regular season game because you know teams could have more regular season games depending on how the playoffs shape out. But uh, you know Aquinas. Uh, Two straight wins after two losses to start the season. Uh, their, their defense has really played well the past few weeks. They've, uh, in addition to uh, holding uh, opponents to just one touchdown, uh, they've been able to uh, force turnovers. DeAndre Black had an interception return for a touchdown last week, uh, which was big because uh, they beat uh, Southeast nine to seven. So. They are two and two, and and Central Catholic still trying to find some consistency. Uh, you know, over four quarters, they jumped out to a fourteen point lead over Louisville at halftime last week, and then Louisville scored twenty eight unanswered points in the second half. So uh, the Knights and the Crusaders uh, will be matching up, and uh, could be a big night for uh, Cam Blair at Sandy Valley. He's uh, three hundred thirty yards passing away from breaking Hunter Wells. Uh, Star County career record. Um, I don't think that's going to be the big focus going into this game. Uh, Sandy Valley coming off a loss to Garraway. Uh, I think they just really want to, you know, get their season back on track uh, a week before the postseason begins. Um, Cam Blair's obviously going to break that record at some time, whether it happens this week, next week, or the week after. Uh, you know, he's going to be uh, sitting atop that list. So, uh, you know, Sandy Valley looking to get back on track after a, a loss to Garraway. And there is one Federal League game I want to mention before we, we get into some of the, the big stuff in the Eastern Buckeye Conference. Green at Lake has a lot of intrigue to it, Mike. Green's coming into this game at 4-0. They got off to a, a late start to the season with practice and everything because of the Summit County Health Board ruling. But I think that's going to be a, a really big game. Obviously, if uh, they can get past Lake, that may set up some intrigue later later in the winters later in the fall depending on what happens with playoffs and things as far as league title implications but uh that's definitely one to keep an eye on that's a big game for green yeah i, I forgot to 
realize that Green was uh, undefeated. And, yeah, that's uh, that's something you go from, hey, you know, during the summertime, are we ever going to have a season to whenever we're going to start our season? And, uh, you know, you know, having that run after, uh, I believe they've had a couple of tough seasons in recent years. So that's a, that's a, that's a good news for Green. And uh, yeah, this is a, this is kind of a, a nice, you know, you want to talk about rivalry week. Um, you know, Lake for many years uh, always seemed, uh, you know, when you got to week 10, uh, because of how the schedule was set up, because McKinley had to play Marshall in week 10, that Lake would always be the team to uh, play a non-league opponent in week 10. But then since Green is coming to the league, that's a, that's kind of a good rivalry week game to have. And, uh, you know, Lake, uh, you know, it was a tough start for Lake, but they were able to, they've been able to bounce back. And uh, we'll see if they can try to carry some momentum into the postseason. Yeah, that's a game that's got a, a lot on the line for both teams there. So one that'll be fun to watch. And as for me this weekend, I'm going to be out in Beloit. We have Canton South at West Branch. We have all kind of Eastern Buckeye Conference uh, title implications on the line. Uh, both these teams are undefeated in the league. And whoever wins this is getting at least a share. And then depending on what happens later, uh, possibly outright. I know before the season, they said the champion would be declared before the playoffs. So this is probably the de facto championship game, depending on if they're holding to that or how things are going to work out. Obviously, uh, another interesting wrinkle in this COVID, uh, uh, COVID-19 shortened season. But, Mike, it's been a long time since Canton South has won a league title. Do you, do you want to hazard a guess as to when the last league title was in Canton South football history? It's a lot longer than I thought. Well, let's see. Um, boy, I don't want to hazard a guess. To, to I will say 1975. You were a lot closer than I thought they got one in the Northeastern Buckeye Conference, and they did not. It's actually going back to 1963, the year before they joined the Federal League, and I only know this because I have the book right in front of me, but they tied for the Class AA League title with Glenwood the last time they won a title outright was the year before, 1962, when they went 9-1. and one. The the now the last undefeated regular season Canton South had you have to go back to 1945 and that was a year after the 1944 season was canceled due to World War II so a lot of uh, a lot of history on the line for Canton South this week going into West Branch. Well, yeah, and uh, you know I don't know which you know I don't know how you felt about this, but I I don't know if any very many people would have had Canton South and West Branch being undefeated and playing for a league title at, at this point of the season. You know, we talk about, you know, Canton South, that drought they've had, and, and West Branch, you know, what a, it, it's a good bounce-back season for them. Um, I think we were talking about, you know, last year, you know, they were the team that that Minerva beat to end their long losing streak. So, you know, to be able to move past that and uh, you know rebound and have a have a good run here, that's that's great for the Warriors. Absolutely, and they are 
kind of similar teams both of them have really big running backs you have alec wilson for west branch and then of course you have trent shavers for for canton south and the one thing i wondered about and i talked with this about greg reed last night i asked him if you know all the all the talk about league titles and how long it has been has kind of uh, been talked about and he said they're not even mentioning it he said yes he hears it from other people he said but he just tries to block it out and just focus on one day at a time he rightly pointed out he's like look you got to make it to friday first with with uh, with the pandemic going on before you can worry about the game so that was kind of his focus right now but they uh they really have adopted uh, Greg Reed's approach, which is one day at a time, one game at a time. And uh, I think they're, that's not going to really be a factor for them uh, this week. The matchup on the field, really intriguing. Canton South's defense is something that really impressed me. If you want to see a team that's really aggressive and just swarms to the ball, you want to watch Canton South. Uh, they just nonstop attack mode, and teams have a tough time uh, dealing with them. It's uh, it's pretty impressive to watch. Well, they uh, they made a statement early on at uh, the beginning of the season uh, when they when they shut out uh, Aquinas and uh, you know Aquinas you know with you know Asian Bird on your team who was a who was a first team All Ohio receiver uh, you know to be able to go in and do that you know I mean I think that said a lot right away I and mean, as a matter of fact that was. Uh, that was uh, two straight wins uh, for Canton South over Aquinas. They beat them in the final game of the regular season last year. They beat them in the opener uh, this year. So, uh, you know, the 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 road to where they're at right now, you could you could arguably say, you know, you started seeing signs of that toward the end of last season. You brought up a great point, and in particular, the secondary. They, they end up in a lot of single coverage at times, but those guys do a great job of covering some really good receivers. I saw it against the Lions, and I saw it uh, last week against Marlington, and they really shut down Marlington's passing game. Marlington, I think, had five straight incompletions to, to start the night, and they have some dangerous guys. I mean, Rome Sims is a really fast receiver. You mentioned Asian Burt. And then against Alliance, kind of the same thing. Alliance has a lot of really fast, dangerous weapons, and they did a good job of corralling them. And another storyline to watch is the halftime adjustments. I think I crunched the numbers last night. Canton South this season, Mike, is outscoring its opponents 120 to 39 in the second half this year. And they've come from behind against the Lions and Marlington after being shut out in the first half to pretty much uh, blow the doors off the game. They've got 30 points both weeks just in the second half. So that's another storyline to keep an eye on. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, halftime adjustments, I mean, how many times do people talk about how how important they are? And, you know, you know, going back to what you said about how well they've been playing defense, uh, I mean, you've seen it over the years, whether it was the EBC or the NBC, uh, uh, you don't see very many, uh, you don't see very many low-scoring games. Uh, you know, in this league, you know, even back, you know, when Louisville was playing in it. So, uh, yeah, to, to, to really establish yourself defensively, you know, the 
saying defense wins championships. Well, that's you know that's true, and that's put them uh, that's helped put them on the brink of one here. Yeah, that's one I'll be out there to see firsthand, and I think it's going to be as good as atmosphere as you can have considering the circumstances, but obviously it's going to be an exciting night. I think all of Canton Township is, is going to be keeping an eye on that one. And that's obviously the big matchup in the EBC. The rest of the games, you have uh, Minerva at Marlington. I know Car- Coach Mark Gulling wasn't particularly happy at times with the, how Marlington handled some of the Canton South pressure. Uh, they did have a, you know, a couple of, there was a wide open touchdown they did drop that probably that well didn't probably it hurt them pretty bad at the time but I think they'll get that corrected Minerva's coming off its best offensive performance of the season they ran for over 400 yards last week in a loss but they nearly got three guys to 100 yards you got Ryder Hartshorn who's a freshman who put up just huge numbers Jimmy Common and then Garrison Markins so those are the guys to watch there for Marlington, Nolan Hooker almost got to 100 yards. He was at 96 against Canton South. And then Connor Evanich is a really impressive-looking quarterback for Marlington at six foot three. I like Rome Sims at receiver a lot. Scarlett Cooper's another guy to watch there. So that that's a fun Week 6 matchup, Mike. Yeah, Connor Evanich, a really good, uh, really good basketball player out at Marlington, the 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 son of the uh, head coach Nick Evanich. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen him play football. I know you have, and you know, like you said, re- really impressive, uh, uh, really impressive player for the Dukes there. Uh, yeah, so uh, I know Marlington. You know, out of the out of the title picture, but you know, they're always uh, they're always a threat. To, you know, they're always a threat to to make noise. Uh, you know, especially when we get to next week here. Absolutely, and it's been a good season for them because coming into the year, they were replacing their starting quarterback who had started for basically four years in C.J. Griner, your starting running back, and your top three wide receivers. So to come out of that right now at, you know, two and two and to get a win over Alliance, and we'll talk about them in a second, but there's been some nice moments for Marlington. I know they're a little down after the Canton South game last week, but I still think overall they've made some really good progress and getting into the playoffs is going to help them, and I think they have a really really bright future because I I just I like a lot of the players I saw last week and once they put all that together and and get the experience to go with the raw physical talent I think you're going to have a pretty impressive team that's going to be difficult to contend with in the coming years in the Eastern Buckeye Conference and then no doubt yeah And uh, taking a look at our last couple games, we have Alliance at Salem. I did not have Alliance at 0-5 to start the season, Mike. They had nearly every starter back. It's just been a, a, a disappointing turn of events for the Aviators. They've had leads late in three of their five games, or excuse me, lead or tied in three of their five games and have lost in the final two minutes. So they'll be looking to get on track against Salem. Uh, Both defenses have struggled. They've given up a lot of points this season. The Quakers are coming off a win over Minerva, but they did allow them to rush for over 400 yards. I'd imagine Caden Davis, who's 
He's averaging more than eight yards a carry for Alliance. Is probably licking his chops at the at the thought of running against that right now. So there's some storylines to watch. Obviously, I think the Aviators would really like to have this win going into the playoffs. So we'll see how that turns out. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because you know, I you said you didn't have Alliance going zero five. I don't think anybody had Alliance going zero five. But the question is. With that talent on their team, do you really want to play uh, either an 0 and 6 or a 1 and 5 uh, uh, alliance team uh, in the playoffs? Because you know we have the it working different this year. The teams are are, are being seeded by region, and and you know people might look at alliance, you know alliance's record. It's like oh well, they're you know you know who who are people who are not as familiar with them as 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 you or I and wonder no oh, you know that that might be an easy win you know that might not be a, that might not not be as easy as as people think so um you know that's the one thing about this you know your your regular season might not be as good as you'd hope for but you know you you'll have a shot you know you'll have a shot starting next week to you know, play in the postseason and, and start a run. So, you know, I, if I was anybody, I wouldn't look at Alliance's record and think, you know, it's it's going to be an easy uh, it's it's going to be an easy game. No, they've been competitive in pretty much every game they've had this season. They led Canton South twelve nothing at halftime. Uh, the West Branch game might be the only one they were down by a couple scores and really out of. So when you're talking four of the five losses, they've had a chance to to come out with a victory in. I mean, that's that's just tough. But uh, you'll be hard-pressed to find a more impressive physical specimen than Brandon Alexander at six foot three at quarterback. He throws a really nice ball. Uh, he can run. And again, once you get into the secondary, he's six foot three. That's not a fun guy to try to tackle. And he runs really well. Great basketball player as well. Just a terrific all-around athlete. That's not a guy you want to let get going. And then I mentioned Caden Davis before, their super sophomore, who has just lightning speed. And then you start talking about, you know, tight end Andrew Datz. It's another six foot two guy that does a good job of finding gaps in defense and sitting down. And then Dylan Baguera at wide receiver. That is a dangerous team to run across in the playoffs. And like you're saying, you probably don't want to underestimate them if you do draw the Aviators. Yeah, these guys these guys know how to win. I mean, they were a playoff team last year. And uh, you know they just need they just need a break to go their way. I mean, being in all these close games and uh, you know not being able to come out on top, they just need a break to go their way. And you know, and who knows what they can do, uh, you know, moving forward then. And our last game, Carrollton, who did uh, break a 34-34 tie to defeat Alliance in the last two minutes, they get the non-league game this week. They are hosting Cambridge. So that's a that's another game there to keep an eye on. Uh, outside the conference, Mike East Canton and Malvern Battle of the Hornets. Well, yeah, and uh, you know you talk about uh, you talk about league titles or or div- in this case division titles. I I don't know the last time you know Malvern has uh, well it's not been it's not been a long time because they've they've 
you know, a decade ago, they had they had really really good teams that you know made the playoffs most seasons. But uh, you know, it, it's been a while for them, and you know, if they can if they can beat East Canton, um, you know, they'll they'll go six and zero and go into the postseason. And uh, you know, you know, there's another team <clears throat> that's really. Uh, that's really come on this season, you know, with uh, many weapons on offense. Dirk Hutchison, uh, a real versatile quarterback who could throw the football and run the ball, and they got another really good running back, Adam Adam Mosier, who's having a who's having a fine season. So, um, you know, Malvern, you know, going for the uh, IVC North uh, title uh, this week against uh, East Canton. And then we have Worcester and Louisville. That's another great game with uh, uh, no real conference or anything attached to it. Worcester's another one of those teams that got off to a late start. They initially opted out of the football season uh, when the six-game plan and the playoffs were announced. They opted back into the season, and they get the Leopards, who had that big come-from-behind win over Central Catholic last week. Uh, Coach Troy Davis is doing a lot of great things with the young team there, and that's going to be a, a fun game to keep an eye on as well this week. Yeah, I believe Worcester is uh, going in undefeated, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And uh, boy, life is an independent for Louisville. You know, it's one challenge after another every week it seems. And uh, but you know what that that helps. That helps uh, test you and uh, get you ready for uh, the most important uh, you know time of the season coming up. You know they don't have a league title to play for, but you know they want to become playoff ready and make a good run as well. And because they are an independent, this is only Louisville's second home game of the season. They had St. Vincent, St. Mary earlier this season in what was a pretty tough game. The Fighting Irish are a really good team. And like you said, Worcester's undefeated. I know in talking to former repository staff writer Jim Thomas, who retired last year before the season, he was really high on this Worcester team. He thought it was one of the better teams to come out of that area in a long time. He still lives in that area and I definitely trust his judgment on that. So I think that's that's a game that definitely bears watching. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun out there. Mike, is there anything else today you're, you're keeping an eye on? You ready to hit the links there? Well, I'm ready to go to the links. I don't think uh, I'll be ready to hit the links. Uh, those players are a lot better than me. So, uh, you know, uh, Madison Reeves-Snyder and Avery Wright, you know, they could they could take me out on a golf course, you know, if I tried to play them. But, uh, no, like we said, uh, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, it's, it's just really cool that, you know, we have been able to get through, uh, you know, these six games here uh, with, without any big uh, – without any big uh, setbacks for teams. And, and that's – I think you know. I, I think that's the takeaway I'm going to be having from this season. That uh, you know, no matter how many wins you had, no matter uh, where you finish in the playoffs, uh, you're able to finish the season healthy. That that's a big win for for everybody. I think, and uh, you know, that's it's been great to see that you know everything has just you know in this area. I mean, you've seen you know you've seen stories you know that have happened elsewhere that have. Uh, where there have been setbacks, but in this area, it's 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 worked out really well, and I've been really happy to see that. 
I have as well, and that's, I think, a tribute to the coaching staff, the kids, the administrators that have done a good job of keeping everyone within the rules and following the regulations that everyone set out and kind of proving it works. So that's definitely been great to see. And we also would like to thank everybody for listening. We had our biggest listenership of the week last week, Mike. That was that was nice to see, and that's something that uh, we, we want to honor by – we did that impromptu show Friday night, and you guys obviously liked it. So what's going to happen is I'm coming back into the studio Saturday. We alluded to it earlier after the Maslin-McKinley game, and we're going to record another show and then do a wrap-up of some Friday night games – and Mike, we're probably going to try and bring you in for a little bit on that one as well. Well, I might have to give you a cross-country roundup that day. So, <laughs> but, but you know, whatever, whatever I could do to help, I'll, I'll do that for you. Yeah, cross-country season—that that's a rough beat in the uh, in the fall because you're covering football and then you're getting up at the at a time that would probably. I would probably be zombie cliff, uh, which is even less pleasant than regular cliff, which may be hard for some people to believe, but I, I commend you for getting up and going through that every week. You've done a, a great job covering all those. Well, thank you. With a, with a mask on it, it hides my yawning, but, uh, no, I'll kid the side that, uh, yeah, those are, those are great kids to cover and they work really I, really hard. I, I know this is a football show, but I'll just you know throw a plug in this, you know to those kids uh, runners who I think train more than than that a lot of people realize. I think you know when you consider the amount of miles they they run when they're not competing in meets and you know the miles you put into a meet, they're they're just great people to work with. And while we're doing that, hey, I've got some soccer stories coming out this week as well. So be sure to keep an eye on, keep an eye out for that. So a, a lot going on, not just football here at the repository, though the, that'll be the focus of this show. But we'd like to thank you for joining us, Mike. We appreciated it as always. No, no problem, Cliff. Thank you for having me. All right, and for Mike Popovich, Chris Easterling, I'm Cliff Hickman. Some of us will see you on Saturday for the weekly wrap-up show. We'll see if we can wake Mike up <laughs> if he isn't taking a nap there or or still writing. Some of those meets do stretch on for a bit. So we'd like to thank everyone for listening once again, and we will see you next time. Next time.